Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Fightful.com. Here with a name you know. We were talking off the air. You know him from Fightful, too, because we talked to him like five months ago, but I ain't passing up an interview with Matt Cardona. He's got the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, and you all are starting a network. The Major Pod Network that plugs right off the bat. I love this. This is why I come here. I mean, I've been open on Fightful. I didn't care about wrestling figures anymore until I listened to your guys' stuff. And now I'm sitting here with a room full of 300 Jack's Bone Crunchers. This is what I love. I love to hear stories like this. We're trying to get old collectors back, new collectors in. Listen, like I probably said this on the last podcast or the last interview. It's not 40-year-old virgin anymore. Display your figures. Be proud of it. We're trying to break that stigma. Well, I mean, I I can go to Nathan at Toy Vomit and directly credit Matt Cardona and Brian Myers for bringing hundreds of dollars of business every time I show up there. We should Uh, get a little uh, commission out of that. You should. You should. (laughs) I mean, you you guys legitimately, I mean, you changed the the wrestling figure collecting world. I've mentioned this on shows before. Like, you all will talk about something. And all of a sudden, there's a demand for it, and the price up. raises up. I mean, that that's wild. You all control like it, it's it's almost like stonks for for action figures. You guys are raising up the AMC and the GameStop. Yeah, I, I know nothing about stocks. That whole GameStop thing. I don't know what's going on with that. I know about wrestling figures. I know about yeah. the value of wrestling figures, the market of wrestling figures and collectibles. So tell me what went into to the idea of of making this a more broad podcast network. Yeah. So. Last summer, we did a little spinoff show called the Figure Wrestling Federation. If you haven't listened to it, it is the most insane, ridiculous thing going on today. Essentially what it is, there was a draft. It was Brian Myers and I, and we drafted bone-crunching wrestling figures, the ECW figures, and the WCW Toy Biz into two different brands. I was Turmoil. He was Thrill Zone. We are recreating the Attitude Era with figures. So essentially, it's a podcast where we're just like rebooking where uh, this guy beat this guy, but it's like Austin comes to the ring, you know, <laughs> he's got the, the steel chair. He nails it. You know? So it's like telling the story. So you can close your eyes and listen. 
And then later on, we take the figures and we do figure photography to kind of match it up. So we, we did that as a season, one season, uh, six months. So we, we thought like, what if we, you know, because we're going to take a break. We need a, we need a break from this because it's a lot. We're booking an 11 segment show each a week. That's wild. And it's competitive. We're trying to beat the other person. We're doing the figure photography. It's a lot of work. So we're like, let's take a break on this. And we thought, well, why don't we put this on its own feed? You know, because right now it's kind of lost in the shuffle yeah. in the major wrestling fair podcast feed because people don't even realize it's two different things. So let's, let's put it on its own feed so people can A, re-listen or listen for the first time, binge listen, six months of content, boom, right there. Pretty nuts. Yeah. So then I got us thinking like, well, why don't we just add some other things to it? Um, and our producer, Smart Mark Sterling, he already has a podcast called Off the Hop Rope. They, they, they pair like craft beers with a match. It's a little watch along thing. It's fun. So we added that. Uh, Brian, he wanted to do something called Extreme Conversations where they, he goes through ECW, a certain event or a certain, you know, whether it be a certain topic and he interviews a bunch of different guys. So Such it's a not fun, like a, a one hour show. interview. Love, love the first one. Oh, the first one's so good. Yeah. And that's going to be like a season style thing as well. It's not going to be every week because it's a lot of work because it's not just an interview for an hour with Tommy Dreamer. It's like, let's say they're doing heat wave, right? He gets things from Dreamer, you know, Nova, all these different people. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, different perspectives of the same event, which is a cool concept. I don't think that's really done right now in, in wrestling podcasts, you know, cause you'll, you know, you get a Conrad and Bruce, they're awesome, but it's like yes. just their perspective on one show. You're getting everybody's perspective. Um, and then we have the Game Marks podcast. Like, video games are in. It's a thing. I'm not into video games. Yeah. Full disclosure, I, I, I love, like, you know, classic video games. Then after N64, it got too hard for me. But there's Game Marks podcast about wrestling video games. It's really, really cool concept. So I listen to it. I think it's really interesting. And it's getting me itchy to play these games again. Kind of like you with collecting the figures. Yeah. I mean... You are in Retromania, which I want to talk to you about uh, in in a bit. But the Figure Wrestling Federation, like before that, okay, so you all had done that video with Nathan at Toy Vomit, I think like last year or something like that. Yeah. And I was watching the video, and I had just started to travel for this job, like started to go mm-hmm. to AEW stuff for scrums. I was like, oh, I need to take this place down. I'll visit it when I travel somewhere. Then they go, Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm like, wait, that's 40 minutes from my house. I didn't yeah. know that places like that existed anywhere around here and because you guys were traveling so much and doing these i i go there twice two or three times a month now like yeah and we're trying to spread awareness not just about collecting in general but these awesome vintage toy stores that yeah. are all over america hidden gems like for instance i grew up on long island okay i just went back this weekend there was a store like probably an hour from where i grew up i didn't even know it existed it was one of the best toy stores ever we just put a blog up on the major pod network youtube channel uh, but then for the, the major pod network, the last show is going to be MC true Long Island story oh, yeah. been off a sequel, if you will, to my old YouTube show, Z true Long Island story. And it's going to be a deep dive episode by episode. What went on in the episode and more importantly, what was going on backstage in WWE uh, and in my life at that time. I, I love that. Cause I mean, you, a lot of all in was built off of the vlog style stuff and skits and things like that from being the elite. And you were doing that. A decade ago, and, and it helped really launch you into a new stratosphere. So I'm really excited to, to hear a lot of this stuff. And again, that, that extreme conversations, that first episode was so good. Really, yeah, even it. I was impressed because I, you know, I called Brian a uh, bare minimum Brian, but I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is good. You guys are onto something here. Oh man. So I mean, 
as I mentioned, the figure collecting, like when I saw Figure Wrestling Federation, I went from, okay, I might buy like a Nation of Domination four pack to like, I'm going to collect every Jack's Bone Cruncher I can yeah. find. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. So I'm, you know, and it, it's wild because there are so many like repaints of those Jack's oh, BCAs. I, I am trying to get one of every Bone Cruncher, like every single one. So I'm trying the to The amount two. of like repaints and like re-releases and like is this a variant or is this an error it's it's really crazy you, and there's no like official checklist i know you gotta like, kind of like take a bunch of checklists and combine them yourself and then you gotta make your own checklist like what do you want to count like is this supposed to be repainted this way is this an error it's a lot of weird stuff like specifically austin's like they would think of any oh, excuse God. and i had made like a virtual checklist of like maybe 30 that i didn't have and I go and I buy like a, a, a lot of loose figures. There were twelve in there that I couldn't even find. Like they would repaint. <laughs> yeah. Like the, he's got the one with the duty pants on and the weird face with no neck. Like oh there's, uh, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of weird ones. Do you know what figure was like the most difficult for me to find? I do not know. This bad boy right here. Ooh, best of ninety eight. This one was that's, really that's skull, correct? Yes. So it was so difficult for me to find because obviously they don't want to throw this and an eight ball in a two pack because kids are going to be like, what's up with this now? <laughs> Same well, figure. As a, as a kid, I bought uh, two of the chains and eight balls and yeah. it just made an eight ball and skull. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like they, they put chains and eight ball in the two pack. They released eight ball separately. They this was the only skull that they put out. Right. So, like, I wasn't able to find these anywhere. Even even Toy Bomb, it was like, oh, I probably got one of those laying around. And they're like, no, we don't. It's a tough one. That's his only release. Yeah. It was it was tough for me to find uh, figure out. I had to order it on Mercari, and it took, like— Oh, Mercari. Took, That's like, dangerous. Three, took three months to ship. It was <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Uh, so I was like, man, I, you wouldn't expect ones like that to be so hard to find. At first, I thought it was going to be the Executioner. thought that was going to be tough. Like he was my he was my like my white whale back in the day because it's crazy to think now, but in what was that, ninety eight, ninety nine, ninety seven, yeah. whatever, Long Island, New York didn't have Target. Oh, and it was wow. a Target exclusive. And I didn't really have access to the internet, or at least like I didn't really know or had the funds to purchase it. Yeah. Cause back in the day, he was pretty pricey, and by pretty price it's probably like forty five bucks. But nineteen ninety eight for a kid. That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I paid more than that for one. And then uh, the next thing I know, I had put it out on Twitter. And I got two more of them showing up at my doorstep. Like, people were just giving them to me. And I was like, well, oh, damn. Wow. Good for you. Now I got Terry Gordy, Barry Hardy, and Dwayne Gill. I got, I got all three. I got every executioner <laughs> uh, now. So, yeah, I mean, the, the BCAs, I almost admire how ugly they are. Because there's, like, an art that went into making them. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what I like. Like, I'll go there, and I'll be like, man, I want some ugly-ass figures. <laughs> well, like, there's a bunch. Yes, there are. But then there's also, just to bust one out, another one I got at Toy Vomit. Those are, I just got those this year. Um, I never had those as a kid. There's there's uh, Sid, Sting, Flair, and Luger. You're missing yeah. the belt, though, brother. I am missing the belt, and I was not <laughs> thrilled when I found that out. Uh, but... Cause, cause I, it had the original packaging, original packaging torn to shit, but, mm. um, that was the first wrestling figure I got for Christmas and I see it and I was like, all right, I'm getting that. I'm getting for that. Sure. I'm, I'm dropping on that. Like, are there any, that, I know that you collect 
older stuff. You don't collect modern day stuff. You, you've mentioned even on the air as recently as uh, I think the interview I saw with one of the guys from Jazzwares. Like if there's a figure that comes out now and it's like an older Undertaker, you'll get it. But if it's 2021, 2020 Undertaker, you don't. What What's like your big figure that you're seeking out at this very moment? So, yeah, so that's my cut. 2007 is my cutoff. That's when I, you know, debuted in WWE. That's when I consider myself making it in the business. Yeah. So that's my cutoff because if I don't have a cutoff, there's, I already <laughs> have so much as it is. Imagine if I didn't have a cutoff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd be screwed. I'd yeah. be screwed. Um, so right now, my, what I'm looking for is more pre-production stuff. That's, that's my, oh, that's my passion. My, the, 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 the stuff that was never released, the stuff that's like, uh, like a prototype, if you will, because 30 years later, we're finding things that we didn't know were supposed to come out. Yeah. Uh, I just got something. I have it right here on my desk. I can show you. Yeah, please. Um, do you, are you familiar with the Hasbro Royal Rumble figures at all? A little bit. I'm still learning individual series and things okay, like so that. Okay, so the Hasbro Royal Rumbles are these, like, tiny, tiny guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, so small, right? There were six of them that came with a Royal Rumble ring, and you'd, like, hit this thing, and they'd fly out, and they made some uh, some other figures. So I was making a purchase. Of, <laughs> this is embarrassing to say. A large purchase for some prototype <laughs> figures. Nothing crazy. Just, like, maybe, like, a, uh, like the Talking Ultimate Warrior. It, it was the hand-painted prototype, so he's got the logos on his cheeks yeah. instead of the big one on his face. And then there was a, a Hogan like this and a Macho Man, and they were the hand-painted versions. And I'm thinking, like, do I really need, like, hand-painted versions of something that came out? Yeah. Because that's kind of my rule, too. Like, I don't really need – if it came out, I don't really need the prototype of it. If mm-hmm. something's, like, drastically different or something that didn't come out, that's what interests me. But for Hogan and Macho, it's like, ah, they're right here. Let me just get them, right? And then they show up. And I can't believe I didn't notice this from the picture. But what I was buying was the 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 model, like the the two up of oh, these things. Oh, nice! So like they have the stand on the bottom, like these are the paint masters, and then they shrunk them down. Yeah. And then I hit the guy up. I was like, all right, well, I need everyone else you got. So I got the slaughter. Oh, you know, nice! I got Million Dollar Man. I got Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh, I, love I got that. Big Boss Man, and then of course the Macho King. And they look like oh, just the regular size Hasbro. Yeah. But there's no joints. There's nothing. They're on these bases all hand painted. So I didn't even know that they, that's how they made these rumble guys. Yeah. So to have this whole set, it's like, Whoa. So it's cool that, you know, 30 years later, you're finding these things and breaking your own rules is like how it starts. And it snowballs there. Like after, after you all did the history of ECW video, I was like, I got to go get that Taz. That Taz is one of the coolest figures I've ever seen. They weren't around here. So then toy vomit's got a box of loose ECW they accidentally put a Mike Awesome Toy Biz in there, and I'm like, well, damn it, now I want some of these Toy Biz figures. Oh, bro, scratch that figure, baby. That's how it starts. Uh, it does. Uh, so, man, that, that's pretty fantastic. Also, you know, I, I got I to thank you for, for selling Naked Miss Elizabeth to my boss because I was able to say, uh, you paid how much, and you're paying me <laughs> how much, buddy? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's it's funny. I just did an interview right before this, and somebody asked me, like, the most I've ever sold a figure for, and yes. that story came up. Yes, uh, he is. He is well off, I'll say. Uh, and when he, he's got a very, very like almost pristine, perfect LJN collection, it's unreal. And I don't know a lot about those. Those are more his era than mine. So I'm there and I'm looking at all these and it's just it's it's unreal. But 
there was one time where a guy told him that he was selling him a figure so he could finance building a barn. Wow. And, and I was like, I think it's time how to much, talk. How much are you selling this figure for? And I'm thinking, how much am I getting paid from now on? Like, like right. <laughs> well, let's, 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 talk, let's talk some business here. But uh, yeah, love, love the show. It truly got me into figure collecting. And man, during that pandemic, when I just wanted an excuse to get out of the house, that was... That was something. So I got to thank you guys for that. I mean, it was. Well, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it was a lot of fun. And now we do like figure hall videos whenever I get something in. Like, Hell yeah. Unboxings do it all, baby. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun stuff. So I had mentioned earlier you're in the Retro Mania game. You mentioned you're not a big video gaming guy. But the only old school game that I really play, old school wrestling game that I care to play is WrestleFest. And this is the spiritual successor to that. How did How did this come about that, that you would be in that game? Yeah, so so I want to say it was like the day or the day after Brian and I got released, we were contacted to be in the game. Um, and I'm like, Wait, this is the official sequel. Yeah. To WrestleFest. I'm yeah. in. Sign me up. Yes. I don't care. I don't care what the, the logistics are, what the contract says. I probably signed my life away. I don't even know it. <laughs> but to be in the official sequel, I'm in, baby. Uh, it's such a fun, colorful, bright, vivid game, too. That's what I love so much about it was. It was so perfect. It was WrestleFest was exemplary of that era and why I loved it so much because like Jake the Snake Robertson in like his bright green, Ultimate Warrior with all that paint. You got Hogan in the red and yellow. It was such a contrast to everything else that was going on at the time, and I really liked that. So uh, did you do much stuff for, for WWE video games? Do you ever have to do like motion capture, voiceovers, anything like that? So I did motion capture – Actually, like while I was in Deep South Wrestling and WWE Developmental, so oh, I was nice. doing like the moves and stuff like that and like entrances, but I never did any motion capture like for uh, like Zack Ryder stuff. Uh, but like, listen, like I thought it was cool every time I was in a game. I yeah. loved it, you know, for sure. Like just because I'm not into it doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. I totally appreciate it. I know it's a big deal. We have the Game Marks podcast on the Major Podcast. Yeah. I get it. Uh, it's just like the, the game's just too hard for me. Fair. Fair. Yeah. I, I get it, especially modern day. And I, I was when I was a kid, I was like, I'll just adapt with the times. No, I did not adapt with the times whatsoever. Yeah, like I, I, so I got N64. Uh, so like after N64 is where I really like get out of it, where it just gets it's almost like too time consuming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To like play these games and stuff like that. And I remember once we were in the first whatever video game first came out that we were in, I went and bought like an Xbox and like I got killed. Like I'm like. <laughs> I don't know what I'm at Parker. Our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker. Engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Dude, and uh, I sold it to Kobe Kingston, actually, the Xbox and all the games that I had bought. Oh, that's amazing. So uh, last time we, we took some reader questions. 
We had Dean M from Virginia, Cody R from Atlanta popping up. You know, I like oh, to that's right. like anonymity is important here. We can't can't sure. give away who's asking these. So we got a couple of reader questions. This one from a smart Mark S. <laughs> Very fairly common name could be anybody. It yeah. says, "Why are you so obsessed with Hogan's hog?" Well, you know, it's his motorcycle. Uh, Hogan, you know, what I love about the Figure Wrestling Federation is because we're re-booking this attitude there, recreating it. And we're taking, like, accessories that were made that really made no sense. And now we're making them make sense. For instance, there's a WCW Toy Biz where Hogan comes on a motorcycle. Like, Hogan's not really known for his motorcycle. Right, so I take it, do the vroom, 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 and he comes out. So gets hog. Nobody got a bigger hog than me, dude. You know, it's just so much fun to like. You're really, I'm playing with figures again as a 35 year old man and making money doing it. It's the best. Best believe I lost it when Henry Godwin came out. On one of- <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Henry didn't get over. I thought Henry was gonna get over, but I think it was a little too comical. Hog versus hog. I thought it was genius. It, you're making moments. That's the important yeah. thing. You're making moments. Another question, this one from a Chelsea G from Canada, asks, how happy are you that you bought a pergola? <laughs> uh, I, I, if I ex- tried to explain to you what a pergola is, I couldn't do a good job. It's like a wooden, painted Looks like a carport thing. for your backyard. It's like, doesn't if it rains, it doesn't cover you, it doesn't block you from the rain. I'm not quite sure what it is, but we have one. <laughs> have you been enjoying it? I guess I just, I just don't get it. I don't. I really don't get it. I admittedly had to look it up. I'm yeah, not, I'm not about that life. I'm like soliciting questions, and I was like, I got to look up a pergola. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I still don't. Like, can you hook we up a one. swing to it? Can you like? I, we have some lights on it, and Chelsea got these plants that are gonna like grow on top of it. I don't know what's going on. I do know that it blocked my security cameras. I had to get like the security system to like reinstalled because it was the only thing you could see was the top of this pergola. Oh my God. Uh, so there's also a bit of a segment that I like to play. I think, I've, I think I've done it with all these other people, bro or no. I take people who have popularly used the term bro. And I ask them if other people that have are actually a bro or if maybe you don't like them mm. and we're going to start off and, and, Bro was not in my vernacular. I did a podcast with Vince Russo, with Matt Riddle. Bro. DDP sponsored me, and all of a sudden, it's like, it, it hit my vernacular. So we'll start off with, with DDP. He was, he's a he's a pretty popular user of, of the term bro. DDP is definitely a bro. In fact, here's a little plug ski for DDP. I just started doing his DDP jacked Ooh. and got his uh, straps and uh, like the blood restriction straps. And uh, I used them yesterday for a leg workout. Unbelievable. I highly recommend the DDPY and the DDP jacked. Nice. Okay. We got Robert Stone. He managed Chelsea for a while. Robert Stone is not a bro. Robert Stone is Robbie free. In (laughs) fact, he just started his own gym. He did. To get a free membership. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He invested all this money just so he can get a free gym membership. I, all kidding aside, I like Rob. I've known Rob my entire wrestling career. He did steal my gimmick and then unfriended me on Facebook for <laughs> a long time. That is the truth, but still a bro. I had to unfriend Val Venus on Facebook last year. It was getting a little too crazy for me. Mm. Get, getting a little too odd. Uh, Vince Russo, another another Vince Russo, bro. I love Vince Russo. I actually had him review one of the uh, 
the fantasy fig feds. Oh, that's uh, incredible. Yes. And I got a figure signed by Vince Russo. I paid for it and I made him like, right. Turmoil is better than thrill zone. <laughs> the last one, uh, the guy who's kind of carrying the bro torch in WWE, Matt Riddle. I guess he's a bro. I, I, I don't really know him. Well, all my interactions with him have been cool. Um, super talented, hundred percent. So you popped up in impact recently. Uh, made it made a big splash there. You had kind of put out there you're not working with a contract. How do you see things things going there? How are you enjoying it? I know that you did that that set of tapings. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Um, it wasn't something that you know I use the, the the hashtag always ready, and I think I proved that it's legit. Um, you know, the pay per view was a Saturday. I got a text message on a Friday while I'm at the gym. Wow, asking if I want to come to work, and I responded always ready. And I was, and uh, it was such a cool environment to, to make a, it's so hard in wrestling now, especially in this, this era where there's, you know, no fans and a lot of things are taped in advance. It's hard to make an impact, no pun intended, but this was kind of like, I use the term figure fate a lot. I guess this was like wrestling fate. Uh, I just had by like the wrestling gods decided, yeah, you know what? I'm going to shave my body and get like a, a confidence tan Thursday night. <laughs> then I'm in the gym doing buys and tries Friday. And I'm asked if I want to come to impact. I'm thinking, well, I mean, I'm already shaved. I'm already tanned up. I might as well, you know, a confidence tan. I love it. Like, yeah, I'm looking at me right now. Like I'm actually going to be a confidence tan tonight. A little too white, a little too white. How was, how was Ace Austin? He seems like a kid with a lot of upside to him. Oh, hundred percent. He's someone, you know, I, I'm watching all the product out there, you know, student of the game, so to speak. So he's somebody who I don't know personally, but I knew, okay, this kid's got it. And to be able to wrestle him. And we only had like, you know, I don't know, probably five minutes, but I could tell just by being in there with him, uh, he, he's good. And I would love to wrestle him in a longer, more competitive match. So do you, do you see yourself maybe heading back there? I mean, I know that the world is very weird right now. So, I mean, yeah. even, even approaching the, the, the negotiation of like a full-time deal is that something you want to do i mean there, there's still a lot of places out there that that i feel like could use a matt cardona as well yeah right now uh i do not have a, a long-term contract with them but i have agreed to go to the next set of tapings okay so i so far so good i had a, a lot of fun um i needed that you know i hadn't wrestled since september but i didn't i wasn't just sitting home sitting home getting fat and being sure. lazy you know i was doing all this major pod stuff uh, and I didn't even realize, like, wow, a couple of months have gone by. I better, I better get in the ring and start training again. And before I could even do that, I'm getting called to wrestle on pay-per-view, <laughs> you know? So, but just, just being there for those couple of days, I needed that. I didn't even realize I needed it. Just the fact like, okay, well, well now I need new gear. I need to start thinking about yeah. that. Now I need to like, get in the ring, start trying some new things. Uh, I was missing that part um, of my life. And I'm glad that I had that with impact. And I, I really believe that impact is a good spot for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not here to prove people wrong and stuff like that. I want to prove my supporters right, myself right. I said that on Impact on Access a couple of weeks ago. And I just think it's a good fit. Uh, I think Impact and Matt Cardona have both, uh, you know, had highs and lows. I think we're yeah. both on the up. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Have you had any talks with any other companies? Because, like, when, when you got on the market and people were like, oh, where should he go? And I was like... If I were Ring of Honor, I'd be making him an offer. I'd be making Brian Myers, EC3, Zicky Dice, people with these colorful personalities that can work. I'd be trying to get them because it's a contrast to what they have. Yeah, so, like, honestly, I don't want to sign anything long-term. I was with WWE sure. since 2006. I was 20 years old when I got signed. Yeah. 
I was there for a long time and I'm so, I'm so grateful for everything that, you know, I got from WWE, everything I accomplished in WWE, but I'm not looking to just like, okay, let's sign this three-year deal with someone. Like I love the freedom I have right now. The major wrestling favorite podcast, turning that into the major pod network. It's, it's been like so refreshing, something I needed so desperately, just this creative freedom and uh, you know, not like handcuffs were on before, but they're definitely off now. And I love being able to do whatever I want to do. And nobody can stop. I can literally do whatever I want. And there's nobody, no boss telling me no. So right now, that's the way I like it. Has that been liberating for you to, to, to get that? The I mean, absolute best. He's, it, I can't even describe how amazing this time has been since leaving WWE. Um, you know, because on paper, 2020 sucked for me. I got released sure. for my, fired for my dream job. This global pandemic is going on. I, I had the, the coronavirus. I got had to cancel my wedding. So like on paper, it sucked. But in reality, it was maybe the best year ever. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I remember us talking about your contract, your, your WWE contract. It was up in like, what, July or August? It would have been up in August. I had not re-signed it. At the end of the day... They made the decision for me because yeah. I hadn't figured it out yet. So effectively, like when they did that, you're getting paid 90 days anyway. So basically they just, what, shaved a month off? If you want to think about it like that, yeah. Because yeah. that's what I was thinking. I mean, there, there's people like, I, I know you had told me, well, they offered me a contract a long time ago. I was shuffling my feet on it. Ru, uh, Miro wanted out. Deanna Perrazzo had told them, hey, let me go if you're not going to use me. Uh, Tay Conchi had said, if you're not going to use me, let me go. Like there are a lot of people that were like that. Do you think that that was maybe the approach they took? They're like, well, eh, if we're cutting costs, maybe people that aren't keen on re-signing is the way to go. It's possible. You know, like, I, I don't know. I never really thought about it that way. Um, so it was the WrestleMania before last year where they offered everyone these, I say everyone, I don't know about everyone, but a lot of people, these new deals. Um, and I just, I just couldn't see myself signing. I saw the landscape out there. I saw what we were doing with the major recipe podcast, even back then. Yeah. And to sign away, I believe it was a five-year deal. Maybe it was even three, but I was like, I don't know. Like WWE was awesome. Right. Like, and I'm forever grateful for my time there, but it was always like, I got a little something. Then I, okay. On the back row. Then I got a little something, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to sit around and wait anymore. You know what I'm saying? And there was all these other opportunities out there. I felt like it was my time to go, but I admit, I wasn't sure. I didn't say, I'm sure. not signing this contract. We were still negotiating, still talking. Um, and then they made the decision for me, and I'm so grateful that they did. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like there's no hard feelings on that end. But yeah, I remember when you told me that, I was thinking of it, and I was trying to do the math in my head, and I was like, they basically just shaved a month off the deal. Because he was... That's, I mean, that's pretty much what they did, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, as we film this, you guys have had uh, several interviews up on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast YouTube. I watched the one with, um, I think it's Magic Almost was his name, uh, yes, from, from, from Jazzwares. Jazzwares. Like, when you learn about this stuff, like, is, is this, I'm trying to find a way to, free, uh, to phrase this, but you, obviously you're constantly learning. You're a creator, whether it be in the ring or outside the ring or whatever you're doing. Like, is that what motivates you for stuff like this, is learning more or just just content creation? Because, I mean, you've, you've been a content creator for over a decade, too. Yeah, I, lo I love content creation, and I, I love wrestling figures. And this year, we've been fortunate to make our own wrestling figures with various wrestling companies. To, so to see how that works, the ins and the outs, 
you know, Mattel wouldn't even make us a wrestling figure while we're working on WWE. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so like now we have the Pro Wrestling Tees Micro Brawlers. We have the Ringside Collectibles. We have the Super 7. We have the Zombie Sailor Toy Retro yes. ones. We have some more in the works. Uh, it's so fun and so uh, creatively fulfilling. Any chance that you all go the Young Bucks route and get those LJN styles made? Um, I would love to do those LJNs, but I think there's another company who has the rights. Really? So, so like, because that one was always interesting to me. And Jimmy, my boss, who collects all those LJNs, at first he's like, ah, I'm not getting them. Then he gave in. He was you like, might have to be buying some more. Really? And they're not major. Really? They might be elite, though. Oh, my. Interesting. If you follow the Major Wrestling Podcast... There's a, if you do enough digging, you'll find the dirt. Okay. That's a, that's an easy plug for you guys that are into that sort of thing. Uh, check out major wrestling figure podcasts, both on YouTube and their podcast feeds, but just let the people know any, anything that you want them to know as we wrap up. Yeah. I mean, uh, check out impact on access. I'm definitely, you know, I'm not there to, you know, give back to the young guy. Sorry, Ace Austin. I'm not there <laughs> to pass the torch. Uh, I'm there to light a new torch, carry it and, and shove it up anyone's ass who gets in my way. And, uh, you know, the Major Pod Network, very, very excited about that. And really excited and nervous about this MC True Long Island story. We're going to go through Z True Long Island story exactly 10 years later, episode by episode. I'm nervous to see what I find. I did watch episode one. Uh, it was cringeworthy. And the other, the other ones I hadn't, have not watched it since I, ma- I made episode 100. I guess like that's 2012, 2013. Gosh. And I watched episode one to 99 before I watched episode 100. I haven't watched them since. Man. So now we're going to watch them one at a time. And it's not just going to be like a, this could be kind of like, this is like my, my book. This is like my audio book, yeah. you know, me going back week by week about what was going on um, in my life backstage. And it's interesting because like, listen, this is not going to be a bitter podcast. It's not gonna be like, Oh, WWE didn't use me right. No, it's gonna be fun looking back. And if I can inspire one person to take a bet on themselves and, and create something that they want, then the whole thing's worth it. But it's, this can be a fun little journey. However, in the Howard Finkel voice, if something comes up, I'm going to talk about it. My version of the story, it's MC trolling out story. And let's just say, luckily, I still have my Hotmail account. And there's a lot of emails I got saved. <laughs> so if something comes up, it comes up. But it's all in good fun. When you sent me that email, I was like, damn, man. Lots of wrestlers do that, though. Like, there, there's a lot of AOL and Hotmail and Juno accounts out there. Like, there's a ton of them. I, I, just, I just could never switch. And it's funny. Like, I never wanted to switch because I always wanted to have all the emails sure. just in case. And this is the just in case. Man, I... My original Hotmail was staticxpowerman5000 at hotmail.com. Oh, my, my AOL name was Guy D-U-H. <laughs> so, interestingly enough, I was congratulating Matt Stryker for getting his, his promotion at Impact. And I hit up somebody. I was like, hey, do you have his email? Because um, <laughs> uh, I, I want to congratulate him. And w- without giving it away, it was like, his email was like, please do not forget this email at whatever.com. Well, I mean, his Twitter account is asleep on the beach or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So I was like, my God. I was like, that's embarrassing. Matt Stryker, actually, the guy, we can actually thank Matt Stryker for the major wrestling favorite podcast name because he was the one who named me Brett Majors, which turned into the Major Brothers, which turned into the major wrestling favorite podcast. I did not know that. Yeah, because when we got to developmental, Deep South Wrestling, Matt Stryker was already there. Yeah. We knew him from 
the New York indie scene, and my name on the indies was Brett Matthews, and Brian Myers' name was Brian Myers. We were Myers and Matthews, and that, that was during an era where you could not use your your name. Yes, you know what I'm saying your real name. So, uh, Stryker suggested that I be um, Brett Majors, and I was like, okay, that's cool, Brett Majors, that's cool. And then Bill DeMott's like, yeah, Brett and Brian Majors, you guys are the major brothers. I'm like, what? We're brothers? Uh- yeah, yeah, you're twins. What? We're twins? What? Uh- <laughs> And then we were the Majors brothers. And then once we got called up to ECW, they they dropped the S because it actually made more sense. Major brothers, yeah. Majors brothers, a little weird. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we needed a name for the podcast. So the Major. Worked out pretty podcast. well so long you, term for you, I think. Yeah. Guys, make sure you check out all the major wrestling figure podcast content as well as their network. Matt Cardona, I want to thank you so much. I uh, hope I can talk to you again in about four or five months. I'll probably have some new prototypes to show off. So, yeah. Indeed. Uh, Guys, until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.